Press C to cancel. Welcome everybody to Press B to Cancel. This week we're going to talk about ARPGs. No, not the old age pension program. Did I, did I say it right? I mean, it's it's AARP. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's. I mean, you know, AA for the effort. This. <laughs> no triple A's here, just the B effort here at Press B. And I'm Sick Jake, and of course I'm joined by my fellow senior citizens. GP, how you doing? Doing good. I'm looking forward to retirement because then I'm going to go by AAGP. Nope. Never mind. I messed that up. AARP. Never mind. Fantastic. Have I mentioned you guys I'm illiterate? I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> and also, Werewolf. Wolf, how you doing? I am a bit lost. i to pull out the map. And always with that compass in that golden north. Pulse 109, how you doing? so confused are we talking about pension plans today yeah that'll go over real well <laughs> we're going from a niche topic podcast to even more niche <laughs> retro games and pension talk <laughs> now we're talking about action rpgs and then you know when i threw this episode idea into the discord i was kind of thinking games like diablo right path of exile torchlight because torchlight 3 is currently in open access, and it sucks, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but when I realized the term action RPG might be a little bit more broad, and there's actually a whole whack of games that might be considered ARPGs. So I want to actually start off with, when I say the genre ARPG, what do you think of? Ocarina of Time? Get get out. Yeah, I, I kind of consider Zeldas to be action RPGs, just in a different vein. So I, I feel like what we were going to talk about today is more the loot fest kind of action RPGs. Yeah, and that's what I think as well. The, if they're shooters, they're looter shooters, right? But I don't, know what, I don't know what the top-down, clicky, spam fest ones are called, except action RPGs. They're, they're action-adventure RPGs or AARPGs. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Oof, okay, now I can let the joke die. Bringing it around. Thank you. <laughs> The master of the reach around, GP. <laughs> and they said that title wouldn't get me anywhere in life. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess the looting based ones is the ones we're going to talk about, I guess, tonight. Which is good because I did do some research on those games. Of course, I did restart my computer to clean up my audio and I've lost all of that. So we're in for oh, a good no. time. <laughs> but when I'm looking at this like... Where I save everything in Notepad. Well... Look, asshole. <laughs> Save your work. Save your work. Do, do you know how much resistance I had for the Google Docs when we first started up? <laughs> no, you're right. I should have saved, but I did not save. This is what I get for doing research in five minutes. That's okay, because I actually like this genre of games, and I know enough about them, I guess. So I was actually trying to figure, what's the first one? And I think it's Diablo, unless you guys know of any earlier games that fall into that, you know, loot top-down action RPG style game. Can we um, call them the isometric games? I don't know. 
That's that's what I think of when you're trying to think of like that top down kind of thing. That's like the isometric RPG or whatever it is. But there are RPGs that you know there's isometric RPGs that are not these kind of games. There was stuff like Septericore and Fallout and things like that. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, right? and those don't really fit the the archetype. They're isometric RPGs, yeah, but they're very different experiences. Okay, I'm just curious. <laughs> so I guess the idea is the random generated or the really broad range of generated loot is a big thing for this genre that we're talking about. Okay. But what about procedural generation? Because that was what Diablo was known for, especially the first one. It was all procedurally generated levels. Is that something we consider part of the genre? Um, I don't think it's a requirement. I've played a number of this type of game where the worlds were static. For example, um, I want to say Victor Vran, Van Helsing, the Dark Alliance games. So Van Helsing is, um, that's a recent one, isn't it? Yeah, it was kind of an odd one, especially since I played the final cut, which is you know the first game and the second game smashed into one. Or maybe it was three games. I'm not entirely sure, but I couldn't tell where one game was supposed to end and the next began. And all I kept thinking as my friend and I were playing through this was like, what kind of mess was this before they made it all one game? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was fun, but I can't imagine playing it as two or three different games. So, okay. So how much of like that genre is it then? So it's not procedurally generated levels, but there's like lots of loot, classes. Lots of loot, uh, major uh, class specialization. So there's different classes as well as different trees for each class, like a lot of trees for each class. Like we're talking Diablo 2 style skill trees? Ish. It's more like a a skill circle that has trees going in each direction. Trying to think something witty, but I can't come up blank. (laughs) Circular trees. Okay, yeah, because I never heard of this game at all until actually today when I was looking at some examples in the genre. Like, is it, how old is it? It came out not too long ago, a couple years? Was it 2012? Oh, okay. Uh, 2013, okay. May 2013. So seven years old. All right, so that's after Skyrim, which is also an action RPG, but not an ARPG. Yeah, it doesn't do the whole randomly generated the loot thing quite the same however uh talking earlier before the podcast it occurred to me that probably one of my favorites of this sort of genre would be fantasy star online oh actually yeah and that's true i played the crap out of the first fantasy star online and it's not like the random loot drops were nowhere near as wacky as you see in like borderlands or diablo or anything like that where there's just all sorts of different modifiers but there were some modifiers. It was usually like weapon plus this. And then there'd be like multiple types of same weapons and so on and so forth. And as you progress through the game, everything got bigger, you know? Yeah, I, I remember wanting to play the hell out of that game because uh, I had a Dreamcast. I was one of, you know, the 12 people who owned one. But uh, I didn't have internet <laughs> Me too. at the time. or And I, so I couldn't plug anything into it. So I remember downloading the Dreamcast browser and just not understanding why it wouldn't work because I'm an idiot and there's no cable to plug into the Dreamcast because <laughs> I didn't have the internet. But one of the reasons I wanted it was really for Fantasy Star because I do love the old Fantasy Star games. 
even though PSO is nothing like those, it's a little bit of lore. I was really interested in trying them out because there's the multiple classes, like lots of loot, definitely in the dungeons and a party. It definitely fits the bill. Are we talking about Warframe again? <laughs> well, I do know how much you love it. And actually, you did bring it up. But Warframe kind of falls into this. It. I figured it was a, like a looter shooter at some on some degree. Well, by the same token, I think Wolf, we were saying outside the podcast that Borderlands is probably a spiritual successor to the ARPG, right? Uh, the randomized loot is insane in Borderlands. No random dungeons per se or anything like that, but definitely skill trees, multiple classes. You know, it's definitely RPG elements with some stats. And Warframe is much the same. Yeah, it's it's basically the whole the whole formula thrown into a first person shooter. Which is really, really satisfying because it makes me want to play a first-person shooter. Well, I don't know. We tried playing it last year, and I like the games, but sometimes they feel really grindy, especially that first one. <laughs> it's just not... the first. <laughs> yeah, the first one didn't age as well, but I mean, I think it's because they made Borderlands 2 so damn good, but I digress. Yeah, 2 is pretty good. Well, I mean, keep going, Polish, actually. So what would be an example for you of a game that you liked from the genre? It's really about the the boundaries of where the genre end, because if we're not talking like, um, you know, you're saying randomly generated this, that, and the other. Oops, sorry. Um, what about games like, oh God, Shadowgate, things like that? Now feel free to like hate on me for this. Hold on. But Shadowgate? it's it's yeah, you know, like those kind of first person running through houses. You know, the choose your not choose your own adventure, but the the point and clicks. Point and or clicks. Yeah, I'm just saying those kind of fit that bill. You're going around, you know, there's less shooting, but there's a lot of looting and trying to figure out what to do with the loot that you've uh, you've grabbed. We're, t- we're talking about Shadowgate, that first person yes. screen by screen point and click. Yes. yes. Tell me that that is nightmares. not an ancestor of Diablo. It's, not, it's totally not. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing random about that game, though, is one thing. And there's the loot is all like set for specific purposes. But that's that's what put that in my mind at the beginning or kind of toward the top of the episode. You guys were saying it doesn't necessarily have to be randomly generated. That's why that question popped in there. I would put that more in line with stuff like Mist. Okay. Yeah. And Mist is the opposite of action. <laughs> it's a B-A-R-B-G. <laughs> <laughs> boring role-playing game. I don't, I don't know. Bo- boring ass RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So it sounds like we're we're divided half and half on whether or not Shadowgate qualifies, and that's cool. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining my my question and not making me feel like a, a piece of shit for asking. <laughs> See, the thing is, with this kind of game, they branch off in so many different ways. Like you said, you know, the first-person shooter with Borderlands versus, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other ones, but I'm drawing blanks, but one one game will have this element and the other one won't. And so it gets really dicey when we're trying to identify the genre. And it, it's kind of interesting because it's like, uh, we don't even know what to call this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like AR, ARPGs. It's like Zelda, a Ocarina of Time. So I know. Uh, what about Final Fantasy Tactics? Tactical RPG. Tactical exactly. RPG, That's but right. also there's a, a bit of randomness on, on the things that are able to do it. And you have a, you have a, a job class tree. Uh, well, 
Yeah, you're not wrong. I see where you're going with this, and I know you're trolling me. Especially. I'm not. I'm trying to figure this out because, <laughs> like, honest to God, because you guys have introduced me to not just so many things, but so many different subgenres of things that I didn't know existed. I thought they were RPGs, first-person shooters, running guns, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't know that there were all these other letters in front of these things. So part of it is trolly, <laughs> but part of it is I really don't fucking know. And instead of admitting how stupid I am, it, then it becomes trolly. So I can I can uh, figure out what the truth is with, uh, yeah, being snarky is better than sounding dumb. <laughs> well, so, so in my book, Diablo. Tactics Ogre, you know, or, or Final Fantasy Tactics might might fit that, no, going off no, of what you guys I are saying. Know. So it sounds like um, we're, we're, we're torn on this one probably half and half. Okay, <laughs> we're going to have to just dial it down to... Uh, how about those Diablo-like <laughs> games? <laughs> now, what was the category we did like a couple weeks ago? You know what, never mind. Let's just keep going with this one. I, I'm not trying to troll too hard, but I do have a lot of questions. More things to put in this kind of game genre, I think, would be Titan Quest, Marvel Heroes, Path of Exile. I was going to say about X-Men Legends. You said Marvel Heroes. Um, so there were uh, quite a few back in the day, Marvel games, X-Men Legends 1 and 2, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Those are very much Diablo-inspired, but I guess you control an entire party, so you're not by yourself. But there's definitely a wide assortment of items to equip, skill trees to a degree, and it's, you know, dungeons. The difference, though, is it's all superheroes. So it's definitely on the fringe, I think, of that genre for sure. I mean, it's no Shadow Gate, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely on the fringe. It's kind of uh, confusing because I'm just thinking of like Columbia House days when you were buying albums. And did anybody <laughs> and do that? Rock. My brother did, so that I got to see. I I got to reap the benefits of him buying CD after CD after CD. But uh, <laughs> I remember looking through the the catalog, and it was always simple because it was like blues, pop, rock, you know, and then. Uh, Anything that didn't fit in the very, very, very basic of the of the uh, categories they started was alternative, and I'm just like, this is what it started out as is alternative <laughs> because it's like, oh, Diablo like, you know, rogue like, uh, <laughs> it it just gets so confusing because it's it branches off in so many ways. So like we can't even we, like just the four of us here, we all are kind of like. Does this does this count? What about this? Right. We never we never talked about that. So thank you. It's, it's interesting, but just because, yeah, yeah, Diablo like is basically all I can think of to like kind of center it in. Yeah, Paul's inability to be able to identify musical genres is me, but with video games. <laughs> and we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> mock him for that or belittle him for that. I, I'm proud of you for being able to admit that, Paul. So it sounds like. Sounds like we're torn on what kind of music Dave Matthews is, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carter Beaufort, you're a god. All right, sorry. <laughs> Little tangent here. I actually saw Dave Matthews live <laughs> once, and it was the only time I ever saw a live song performance do the fade out instead of just ending. <laughs> what? And it was so bizarre. You were so high. <laughs> no, my cousin was the one who took me. And we both looked at each other like, is this happening? <laughs> that's crazy. And that's why he's alternative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so 
Yeah, I don't even know what we're getting at. Jake, you asked me a question, and now I'm just flaking <laughs> out completely. What did you ask me again? And this is what happens when my notes aren't saved. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take responsibility for derailing stuff with my, my silly questions. But uh, No, no. We, it's not I appreciate silly. you guys entertaining I, me with it. I'm an asshole, honestly. Shadowgate's a fine game. Fine game. It's probably one of my favorite ARPGs. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anti role playing. All right. If I look <laughs> anti, at, yeah. If I look at Diablo in Wikipedia, wait, hold on. If I look at Diablo in the recesses of my mind in my memory banks, <laughs> Diablo is technically a hack and slash action role playing game. I don't know if that helps at all. So, guys, what's your favorite hack and slash adventure RPG? <laughs> you mean a sharg? S H A R G? P? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I got to go with Diablo. Um, I I grew up in a very small community, and I had one friend who had Diablo on his computer, the OG uh, Diablo. And we kind of had to um, sneak around to be able to play it because we, we both grew up in very strict religious uh, households. And so it was one of those things that I think if my, if my parents had known that I was over at you know Brian's house playing Diablo, they would have been like, no more, no more hanging out with that kid. And I, I always appreciated the game for what it was, but also just the visuals and, and, and that to me, that was scary. That's how sheltered I was as a kid. That was like demons and all that stuff. And it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. So the game itself was great. But for me, the experience of knowing I shouldn't be playing it, but playing it uh, was fun. Did you guys ever do that? Like when your parents were watching scary movies or something that you weren't supposed to watch. So you're sitting there hiding on the staircase watching and they don't know it. It was like that. But for video games. I was way too scared of horror movies to ever watch a horror movie. I never had that experience. I mean, I secretly <laughs> watched Basic Instinct, which was scary for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like I, hiding, I, watching that, and then like, you know, the famous scene happens, and you're like, what was that? And then you have to run up to bed and act like you weren't asleep and didn't see the whole thing. Well, <laughs> pretty much, although for my, I think it was eight or nine, God, date myself. But the whole chair scene happens, and, and that's one cave I just never ventured down. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. <laughs> Always got to bring that B game to the podcast. <laughs> nice. Who, no, I, who just laughed like uh, Krusty the Clown? That was great. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> well, now we got to keep that in. Shit. Krusty's um, super fun. No. That was a game. <laughs> that's a... Uh, CRPG, crust, <laughs> crappy, cartoon crappy RPG. RPG. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But, uh, no, you nailed it on the head there for me, though, because I remember playing it, and that was kind of, it was kind of scary, kind of like, I shouldn't be playing this. This is like, this is satanic kind of thing. But it was, it was just satisfying because it was the uh, the first time i played a game like that and it was really cool and i don't i looking back now going through it i can't think of anything older than diablo so and there's just so many offshoots of it now that it's it's kind of cool to see because i don't know i'm just kind of rambling now no 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 reminiscing i honestly got like and and again part of it was being sheltered but even though that had all the demonic you know parts to it I, I, I know of zero other games available to me at that time that looked or felt or played like Diablo. So not just it was the first to look like that, you know, uh, thematically, but for me that was my fo- first exposure to 
this very well-defined genre of ARPG. Well, okay, so for me, I did not find it <laughs> scary or or satanic, right? Obviously, there's those M elements into it. The first time I played Diablo is actually on the PlayStation. I played the PlayStation port, which is pretty sad, because when I finally got the PC version, the, the most mind-blowing thing for me as a kid was the online aspect. It's a very social game, yeah. right? Like the whole idea of Battle.net, the chat, speaking with people. I mean, this is the days when I was on Yahoo Chat. I went from Yahoo Chat to freaking Diablo. <laughs> That's the path <laughs> I took. Eventually, uh, IRC, right? So, so Diablo is a very social game, and you're chatting with people, trading, doing dungeons together. I thought it was like the, the greatest thing was the socializing with the online game. Now, see, I never actually played the first Diablo. I knew a few people who played it. But again, it was for the PlayStation. I didn't know until just now that the first Diablo had online multiplayer. Well, okay, so Werewolf is done for this episode, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I... That's that's actually a really good point, though, is because I, I remember playing it, and it was kind of mind-blowing. Because I, I had consoles growing up, so when I finally got to play Diablo on there, I was like okay sweet what's this and the next thing you know my friend came in and he's like this crazy op sorcerer is it was it sorcerer that you could be yes yeah, sorcerer, warrior, sorcerer warrior, and bastard i can't remember what his rogue. name is <laughs> the rouge <laughs> yeah the rouge yes scout uh, yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i remember going in and i was very under leveled warrior and he came in with his uh sorcerer and just like melted me in two hits <laughs> i couldn't even get close to him and that was kind of the first time i realized hey you can do stuff and not die if you're not a warrior i'm like cool so that's when i started actually experimenting with other classes and stuff so otherwise i was always the warrior kind of uh role well in the original diablo 2 you had the three classes i can't for the life and remember what their ability was because the idea with that game was Anybody could learn magic from the books. Uh, I think the sorcerer had better stats for magic use than the warrior and the and the rouge there, but <laughs> melee attack. Um, um, the warrior, <laughs> the warrior had an ability for fixing his own weapons. I remember that. Is that all it was? Oh wow, that's lame. That's all I can remember. The rogue, I think, might have then would have been unlocking chess, if I'm not wrong. Uh, and, de and detecting traps. Traps. Okay. Sorcerer's the way to go. I was a sorcerer in original Diablo. But I, I do appreciate when Diablo 2 came along, which, I know, Wolf, you played, um, the multiple classes made that game a, a, class, a classic. I remember when that was being announced, and I was in high school, all my friends were deciding before the game was even out who would play the Amazon, who would be the paladin, who would be the freaking <laughs> wizard or whatever. Like, they were planning this crap out, and then when the game finally came out, much like our experience as a group playing Terraria, I lasted maybe one session <laughs> before I played on my own. But yeah, they definitely a fun game as well. I do remember Diablo 2. I wasn't really pulse on the PC gaming side of things at the time, so when Diablo 2 came out, I kind of heard about it, but I didn't really know anybody who played it. I wasn't major into PC gaming, so it just, I went that summer that it came out without 
touching it. And then when school started up again in the fall, and I caught up with some of the friends who I wasn't in contact with during the summer, I was like, hey, how's it going? What, what'd you do? And some of them were like, we found Diablo 2, and that was it for summer. <laughs> 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 it's all we ever needed. When young men find themselves during that just crazy summer of Diablo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely a couple year span when it felt like there was a lot of these type of games. The the one that stuck out stuck out sticks out for me is probably Dungeon Siege, which I don't know. I remember liking it quite a bit. I don't know if you guys have played Dungeon Siege one or am I the only one? <laughs> I here? remember not being able to stand it. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> So it's it's a Diablo light, but what was different about that one is first off the technical side, no load screens. It's one massive giant map. I mean, they would secretly load stuff with elevators and whatnot, but there's no loading screens once you start the game, and that was always amazing. You also got to control a party of characters if you wanted to or play online, but uh, the classes were very stripped down. There were skill books and magic, but you would level up. The more you used a skill or an attack type, that's how you leveled up. So the more you swing your sword, you become a fighter. The more you cast Frost, became a nature user. And it did not reward you for diversifying your skills. It really pigeonholed you into one role the entire game. And like these kind of games can be long and grindy. And if you decide to be like an archer, for example, and you're only using bow or gun attacks the entire 50 hours you sink into the game, it become mind-numbing. So it it had a lot of great elements from Diablo, but they dumbed down the combat and then the character progression and the story wasn't great. And I don't I tried playing it recently and I couldn't get back into it at all. But I loved it as a teenager. My friends and I played again. Social aspect maybe of these games. I thought you were talking about Final Fantasy II for a minute. That's got three of the four letters. <laughs> That's also BRPG. It's also that. <laughs> were there any other of these games I guess stand out for you guys over the last you know number of years that's, that's two Excel? different questions I mean there's there's dozens upon <laughs> dozens of these games uh, but none that really stand out to me no like I, I hate to admit it and I'm sure I'm gonna upset a lot of people out there but kind of like this genre is one of those things for me kind of like side-scrolling shoot-em-ups if you've done one you've kind of done most of them you know what I mean no you're absolutely right there's a lot of similarities between these games. Having said that, my, my exposure to it has been limited because I haven't gone out to, to try it. I haven't seeked? Sucked? No. Sucked? I, I haven't... Oh, sought. Yeah, I haven't sought them out. <laughs> I've been I've been painting rooms all day. I'm sure I'm, I'm high on paint fumes. I'm so sorry. One thing that lends to it, like this gothic imagery in these games really lends to the experience for me because Diablo, of course... And then Diablo 2. But then there's games like Baldur's Gate, you know, like the Dark Alliance games. I've only played the first one and, like, I absolutely loved it. But there's also was um, Grim Dawn and Van Helsing kind of looks like it. Like, they all have this kind of gothic feel to it, which is really cool. And it it kind of makes them all feel the same. But it, in the same vein, I'm just like... I like that. I can I want more of this. So and looking at Torchlight, which was made by the makers, like I think the original makers of Diablo, it was like a very cartoony, very lighthearted version of it. And 
I love the art style. I love the stuff about it. But at the same time, it doesn't scratch the itch the same for me. Right. So it has that steampunky aesthetic to it. Um, yeah. I think the new one that came out, one of the character classes, a walking stove, like mechanical creation. And another one is a train summoner. So they definitely lean into it in the later in the series and the steampunk stuff. But what about it didn't hit the itch for you? Well, I think the art style is the biggest one because, I don't know, when I'm playing a game like Diablo, I kind of want it to look like Diablo almost, which is kind of stupid because, you know, I want something, you know, different. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I just felt the story was lacking in, like, the main story is cool. The side quests are really, really, I called it I called it Dragon Ball Z. I, uh, I remember just thinking that... Uh, a lot of the side quests is just like Dragon Ball Z, where it's kind of like, go kill this enemy. And it's like, oh, it's the big bad, and then somebody else comes along after you beat that one immediately and just, you know, <laughs> start over, return to start, you know, do not pass go, whatever. But the main story itself was really good, but the side quests got kind of iffy. Like, they're really repetitive. And so it turned me off from it. But the game itself is just simple. It's, you know, it's got the loot. It's got, like, the straightforward thing. It's got the random dungeons. I don't know. It it just didn't hit the feel the same, even though so much of it. I it, I think it's mostly the aesthetic. It just kind of throws me off. And I, and I hate it because I love that steampunk aesthetic. It's just, I don't get lost in it the same way. Maybe it's just I'm kind of stuck on that gothic vibe. I think for me in these games, style is one thing, but I I do need more. It can't just be constant stream of monsters. I can't just sit there clicking the mouse button for hours and end. I need something else. Uh, like Diablo three, I liked a fair amount, mainly because the story was okay, and that's enough to keep me playing it. Diablo two, same idea. The story was good. Um, something like Path of Exile, which mechanically I think is a great game. It has a gem style material system kind of like Final Fantasy VII, but it's a Diablo-like game. I love playing it, but I found the story just so boring. And like, there's a lot, there's lots of people who love it. I know they've recently expanded the story. It's like 12 chapters long now. It's crazy. But without a solid story, for me, it's kind of hard to get into. I My limited experience with Path of Exile is... I like, I like how it starts, but I think the multiplayer part about it just kind of threw me off from it. Because it felt uh, a little too MMO-like for me. It made me feel like I was playing World of Warcraft and all of a sudden you go to the first town and there's like a million people running around with crazy, super godly-looking gear and you're walking around in, in your underpants. So I, that always kind of... That kind of takes me out of it. and that, I, I hate to admit it. It's also a game, too, where I had such a great social experience with the first two Diablo games... But Diablo 3, Path of Exile, uh, like even Dungeon Siege, those are the times when I stop playing with online people randomly and just play with friends. Outside of that, I, I just didn't have the appeal. The online aspect was kind of killed for me by then. Yeah, I can I can totally get behind that because playing, playing these games with friends is just the satisfying thing. It changes the experience. And I, I've been playing... 
like Terraria and stuff like that. And I, I don't care about playing it solo. And that's the thing. I, I kind of got spoiled with it now. So anytime I want to play one of these games now, I, I need to be playing it with friends. Otherwise, I'm just kind of losing interest. Yeah, for me, that kind of depends on the game. Like, I, I really enjoyed Torchlight 1. And I was bummed that it only had single player, but I had fun with it anyway. Oh, I forgot that was only single player. They didn't have multiplayer to the second game. That's crazy. Yeah, because uh, they didn't have the budget. That seems to be a problem with that studio. Well, actually, the studio shut down, or they got bought out, right? But even the third game, even though it's a different studio, it's supposed to be an MMO or something stupid, <laughs> and now it's a... It's supposed to be a free MMO-style game, I think, is the original intention, and then now it's a yes. fully paid game. I don't know. I I think that's gonna get that's gonna be one of those games that goes down as one of the uh, the mishaps of the genre. Speaking of mishaps of the genre, Uh-oh. let's go back to 2011. There was one that I was really excited about. So I I I really enjoyed these types of games at the time. I also really enjoyed Spore. Now, some of you may remember a game that came out in 2011 called Dark Spore. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you, you pronounce the T. It's sports. <laughs> it's not a silent T. <laughs> so Dark Spore was actually not a bad game. It wasn't the best of them, but it was a lot of fun. And I was playing it with friends, so I had a really good time with it. And the difficulty scaled really well. It didn't get, like, it never got too hard. It was never too easy, you know. But it had an issue, and... <laughs> That issue will be very obvious once I tell you like obvious this was an electronic arts game. This game <laughs> suffered from the always online DRM. You could not play this game offline by yourself. It was online only even if you were playing single player. <laughs> e A spore. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the transactions. <laughs> so I I played a lot of this game. I got my fill of it and then Five years later, they shut down the servers and never made the game available to be played without the servers. So once the servers shut down, the game was just done, period. Yeah, that's... And I felt very... Like, even though I hadn't played the game in years, I felt burned on paying $50 for a game that now just ceased yeah. to exist. That's bogus. I don't... I. Ugh. That's one of the problems I have with uh, games preservation, right? Like, I... I love retro because these are the games we played as a kid and we still can play them now. Like uh, Shadowgate. Like like lovely Shadowgate. <laughs> Notable ARPG. <laughs> the original. Right. But like, you know, one of the games that um, Zelda Stone Tablets, right, or BS Zelda that came out on the Zeteleview in Japan. The fact that we can still play those decades later is astounding to me because they were never released commercially, really. Right? And it was such a small release window they're broadcast so the fact that we've able to take those games and preserve them and play them now is great but a big thing in the last 10 years has been these mmos and i mean fine warcraft will be there all the time but there's been mmos that have come out in the last 10 years that have shut down there's lots of them and you can't play them and they are lost to history like there was there was one space one earth and beyond i think it was called or something and i played in the beta and it had a lot going for it and I would love to just install and play it now, but I can't because it's an online game and it's it's gone. And 
EA doing this stuff. It's not just with Darkspore. They, there's a few games they've shut down. And I always worry about that. The games they've shut down, you can never play again, right? And it just, it bothers me a lot that you're paying full price for a game that you will not be able to play 20 years from now, even 10 years from now. And they also have like the subscription fees and stuff as well that kind of throws me off. Because it's like, okay, you know, you buy the game, you need to buy game time. And then it's like, okay, I've invested 300 bucks because I bought all the expansions. <laughs> and then they're not there. I'm like, uh. so yeah, I, I really dislike the online only kind of aspect of that. So, but yeah, I think, I think I'll end up just ranting about MMOs now. So I'm just going to zip it. Well, like Diablo one and two, we just, we've been talking about, like we played those, we can still play those today, right? Diablo one has got released on GOG last year. And so it's uh, updated for windows to be able to play it fine. But something like Diablo three, which is always online, even when you're playing single player. I like playing with myself online. <laughs> but I'd rather be in my browser, not, you know, Diablo 3 online. <laughs> I ho. Anyway, but Diablo 3, at some point, those servers get shut down. And I just hope that, you know, at some point, some person way smarter than I am is able to recreate some kind of server emulator that will let people play Diablo 3 offline 20 years from now. Because I, I did like Diablo 3. Well, another example of that sort of issue with these games, Sacred 2, but it kind of falls the other way. So Sacred 2, you can you could play single player all you wanted. And, you know, if you wanted to play online, you had to play through the servers. Um, otherwise, you could play LAN. Now, the LAN thing is so tricky that if you go look at the Steam page for this game, because it got released on Steam a few years ago, and probably two or three, it says that the game is single player. They do not market it as multiplayer because it's such a pain in the ass to get the multiplayer to work. But you can get it to work through those virtual, like through the virtual lands and stuff. And that is a really fun game. It is cheesy as hell. The acting is terrible on purpose, I'm pretty sure. Like they lean into how bad the acting is. Like the script is bad. It's cheesy. It's goofy. And. It's got a very serious premise, but everything about the game is very B-movie kind of-esque. I was going to say, it sounds like they're embracing their inner B-movie. Yeah, that's basically what this game is. But the game itself is a lot of fun. But yeah, like, sometimes, they like, this one just, it's such a pain in the butt to get multiplayer to work that they don't broadcast that it's multiplayer. They're like, yeah, it's single player now. The server's shut down, so. <laughs> like, I can't remember the last time I played a LAN game. Like, that used to be the only way to play back in the day, right? Yeah, but now, like, there's virtual lands like Tungle and thing, Tungler or something like that, and things like that. I don't remember what the other ones are called. I used to use them. I haven't used them in a few years now. But, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> that would be the way to go. I don't know why they would make a game and not have it be available to play just offline by yourself. That's the dumbest thing in the world to me. Yeah, I don't like it either. Especially... Especially if it's not a subscription service game. If you're paying full price for a game, you damn well should be able to play it offline. Well, I think Blizzard's reason for Diablo 3 was because Diablo 2 was pirated so much, but also the cheating, duplicating of items and hacking and whatnot. Like, there's mods of Diablo 2 that so far people have gotten into messing around the code and the, and the behind-the-scenes stuff of that game. So Diablo 3, there's none of that, right? Because your character is stored on their servers. 
I believe that's how it works. So there's no monkeying around mm-hmm. with the code and no cheating. So I can see why they might have done that. And they also had that that stupid auction house when it launched, which is another big, heavy online component. So I can kind of see what they're doing. But I'd much rather play a single-player game offline. The The online stuff is terrible. But going on about these, it, it kind of amazes me that the only major departure from the formula has been Borderlands after all these years. Yeah, it's kind of impressive, too, because you go from one genre to another but (laughs) like they couldn't be more different like an rpg versus first person shooter but borderlands just nailed it and they took all the things that made it great and just made it work for the first person style and i think that's amazing that's why i'm so surprised about torchlight 3 coming out because from the video i have not played it but i've watched some video of it and it looks just like the first, the second, the second game. Like there's nothing really new to the table. Like the biggest thing I saw was they added crafting. Ooh, like something that nobody wants. In Not all games need crafting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna come out and say it. I I love these crafting survival games. Not every game needs crafting. Yeah. Sometimes right. just let me find shit, maybe modify it, and be on my way. Yeah. I don't want to be looking for reagents and materials and all that crap all the time. Thank you. Not every game needs to be that. Thank you. <laughs> it's controversial, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Courage, dude. Courage. Well done. It just it gets tiresome. I think that's why I fell off of Assassin's Creed Origin twice now. Is that there's elements of crafting in there that I just I don't I have no interest in it. Just just I want new stuff. And Torchlight 3 doesn't seem to have anything new. Borderlands, as much as like the first, well, second one, I love the second game. The third game and the prequel, eh, like there hasn't been much for them either, right? Nobody's doing a new version of the ARPG. I don't even know if I want one anymore after Path of Exile. I don't know if there's anything that you guys are looking for in a game like this. There's one that I've been waiting to be finished. I bought it forever ago on Steam. Um, and it's 2D. Like, it's it's very SNES art style, right? It's called Secrets of Grindia. From what I understand, it's that kind of game where you have the random generated loot, randomized dungeons, and you go explore and you're given quests and all that stuff. But it is still in early access, and that's after it's been out since 2015. Oh. It's still in active development. It gets a major patch like t- once or twice a year, but it is it's it's not abandonware. It's just like a couple of guys as a side project. Well, okay. What about that game though? Do you think kind of brings something new to the table besides being two D? It's that it doesn't it doesn't try to be astounding graphics. Instead, it looks like it's going more for the retro gameplay feel while still being in that same genre. So it's not, it's, it's, instead of bringing something new to the table, it's bringing something old to the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, the only thing about Diablo 3 in recent memory that excited me is when they did that Diablo 1 event. I don't know if you guys ever played that. No. I didn't hear about that. No, it, was, it was a couple years ago now, I guess. I think it was Halloween, but it was a, a special zone that was set up to look just like Diablo 1's Tristan. Oh, Tristan. Right, yeah. 
and they even put a special video filter over the graphics to look a little bit more pixelated, like the old Diablo. And I think I think they <laughs> still do it every so often. I thought that was hilarious, and that was the most. I was excited when that came out, even though in rational practice it's not that great. But the fact that they went back to the old school style was kind of fun, which is weird. It's kind of interesting. I'll have to look into that. You know, earlier I was um, I was saying with Diablo, there wasn't really anything else out around that time that gave me the same kind of feel or like wonderful experience as as the original Diablo. But as I've been sitting here thinking about it, there's one other PC game that I played because I've never really been into PC play. But um, did you guys do you guys remember Command and Conquer or like uh, Red Alert for Command and Conquer? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, those in that the it was tiles, it was top down. You know, of course the gameplay was completely different. The soundtrack for Red Alert was amazing, but um, that that is another one. While I'm sure it's not an ARPG, whatever you want to call that, did definitely kind of give me that same. It reminded me quite a bit of, of Diablo, and I, to this day I'm not sure if it was because I was such a noob to PC stuff or if it was um, just the smoothness of it or what. But yeah, I think I spoke too soon when I said nothing else gave me the same feeling as Diablo. But those are the only two, and they both happen to be PC. You can delete all I, that. I just it popped <laughs> in my head, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I I really should clarify that. <laughs> no, I think it's good because, like, honestly, one of the things about PC gaming was that heavy reliance on the mouse, right? That clicking and dragging and whatnot, and that's all Diablo was was constant clicking. So are RTS games, right? And I still loved I love the original Command and Conquer. Uh, what's the other one? Dune is one of my favorite old games as well. And it's just that, it's just mouse-driven, right? Like, no controller. And then I can see the appeal. Definitely not a ARBG. What's the letters of that one? RTS. All the letters on PC. You weren't kidding. It was a good game, though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a B game. Look, we, we, can't, we can't all be as controversial as, uh, as, as Wolf, but, uh, yeah. I would kind of say... When Warcraft started to implement more of those aspects of an ARPG into the RTS is when I lost interest. Oh, like the heroes and whatnot. Yeah, I I was not a huge fan of Warcraft 3, and then I couldn't even play the expansion. I'm, try, I'm just <laughs> trying to think now like Dota, League of Legends. Because in a lot of ways, their control of combat is very Diablo-esque. With the click and move. But I feel if we call League of Legends an ARPG, we're going to get hate mail. <laughs> so I'll just say that Shadowgate is Jess. <laughs> Eventually, they always come around to my way of thinking. That's not true. Nobody nobody ever has. But uh, thank you for saying that. That really means a lot to my emotions. <laughs> for a while, it did seem like this genre was just destined to all be MMOs, and I'm kind of glad that that has reversed course some. I think a lot. I think there's only one left, right? It's just World of Warcraft. Yeah, pretty much. They've been changing <laughs> over the years so that there's not quite so many that play exactly like that. Was EverQuest one of them? Did EverQuest play like that? I didn't play that one. Well, EverQuest was definitely a WoW-style MMRPG. Well, it came up before. Wow. I'm going to get angry EverQuest fans now. 
But yeah, there was a time when it was just MMO was coming out every six months. I used to play them all. I would sign up for the first 30 days, get into betas. I was obsessed with MMOs. And like now to look at the PC landscape, and yeah, it's nothing. It's all shooters for the most part. I don't know, it's definitely an interesting trend. Like, I just wonder now, is there a place for games like Torchlight 3, even if it was better? Would it, would, is there a market for it anymore? <laughs> is there a market for these games if they don't suck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, they announced Diablo, like, didn't Blizzard announce Diablo 4? And I know the excitement for that is kind of faded after everything that Blizzard has done. But uh... Don't you have phones? Don't, don't you want Diablo on a phone? No, no, not that other mobile game. I think they actually, or I don't know if it was leaked or there was an announcement that Diablo 4 was officially in the works. Yeah, after the fallout from, uh, fallout, after the bullshit <laughs> from um, Diablo phones, when that was announced the one year, the following year, they did, um, it felt like it was rushed, like a teaser of Diablo 4, just to get something out there this past year to show fans that, hey, you know, we're not all jumping on the mobile bandwagon. Because there actually is a, a fair number of these Diablo-style games on mobile these days. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Diablo 4 looks a lot like Diablo 3. It doesn't look like they're innovating much. And if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be released the same weekend as um, Metroid Prime 4. So that'd be... I'll look forward to that. Is Metroid a ARPG? Action adventure. There was a time when I used to consider Castlevania Symphony of Night an ARPG. Okay, thank you. I um, after Shadowgate, I was afraid so... to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Dead serious. And outside of calling them Metroidvanias, I don't know what to call them unless you start getting really wordy with the description or lettery. Yeah, or lettery. Either way, it it get it becomes a very verbose genre. If you don't just slap Metroidvania on it. And you just saying all the right things so today. As, as much as I hate that portmanteau, it's kind of the, the best one you can use, you yeah. know? Well, there's a ton of items in Symphony of the Night, and it's a solid game. And it definitely has the hack and slash. <laughs> it also has not not necessarily randomized loot, but random loot drops. Yes. To a degree, like... Some items only drop at a small percentage of the cha- uh, of kills mm-hmm. from maybe one or two monsters. And so people will have very varying experiences depending on what drops for them in their playthrough. Especially back when, you know, somebody found something that somebody else didn't. It was like, what? Where'd you get that? You know? Well, so bloodstained. I, kill- I killed this guy 17,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> All I got is this damn coin. Uh, Bloodstained, right, is the spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night, and uh, we should do an episode on that. That game's good. But they, uh, I think they just released, or they're going to be releasing very soon. They're, it's not roguelike. I think it was originally going to be. The le- the layout of the levels will stay the same, but all the loot and the powers that they drop, or potentially can drop, is going to be randomized. So exactly what we're saying with Symphony of the Night, except completely randomized loot. That might fall under the scope of this, then, in which case I'm interested. We might have to uh, rein it in a bit before <laughs> and end it soon before we go off on another tangent completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's going tangents? <laughs> Never. Yeah. Never. Come for the voice, stay for the tangents. <laughs> <laughs> actually, there was a studio. Actually, I wonder if I'm the only one to play this game. 
Wild Tangent. It was a, st- as a company. And uh, probably well known nowadays as a virus name. Because it was like malware. Or, or at least it felt like it. But they did make a handful of games that could play in your browser. And one of them was called Fate. And it was a Diablo-like through and through. It was incredibly moddable. Hugely moddable. And it was a fun little dungeon crawler, honestly. And it had randomized loot, uh, randomized quests, much like what Torchlight does. In fact, I'm curious if there's any connection between Fate and Torchlight because both had a very cartoony style. Um, and there were a lot of similarities. Like Fate was notable for, I think it was only single player, but you had a pet a cat or a dog, who would go back to town for you and sell your loot. It's, it's amazing that a dog can sell anything, but cats I can understand. Dogs are stupid. But Fate was really amazing for that and had a lot of cool stuff going for it. Anyway, made by Wild Tangent. I cannot contain my rage right now. <laughs> yes, I don't like dogs. I get it. Okay, here's my thing. I, I, would, I don't like you. I would much rather buy from a dog <laughs> than a cat, and it's because I'm afraid in the back of my my mind that the cat has jacked up the price. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a dog's going to give me a fair price, but the cat's going to be like, well, you know. Anyway. You're going to look at that cat in a marketplace. He's going to wear a It's fez. very good quality. <laughs> yeah, right. The cat obviously has a more diversified portfolio, but uh, I'm afraid that he's going to, to give me an unfair deal. Yeah. Cat, also, no, who sense. knows how many times that cat knocked that thing off the counter before he brought it to you. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> what are all these tiny scratches? It's character, damn it. Yeah. All right. Patina. Well, I think we've learned something today. We've learned the true definition of ARPGs, and that cats are assholes. <laughs> I'm still completely fuzzy on the contact. I'm kidding. I, I'm <laughs> not. Well, although I will say... And we need to delete what I'm about to say and then put in what I'm going to say after that, but delete this part. Uh, Okay, so I feel like maybe in the future what we shouldn't do is these wildly specific genre episodes. And the next time I do an episode, I would like to go ahead and do an episode over PlayStation 1 platformers that got remaked on uh, various platforms starring Little Purple Dragons. (laughs) But if we could reel back the specificity, that would be great. I well, I didn't say Spyro. We could, any of them. Okay. How many purple <laughs> platformers are there? I No, that's the joke. That's wildly, wildly specific. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We appreciate you all. Yeah, we, we love everybody. Join- now I want to play the uninvited. Yes. I want to play right. Diablo like hardcore. <laughs> Just play Shadowgate. It's the same damn thing. <laughs> Werewolf, where can we find you? Uh, as of right now, just here in Twitter. Plain and simple. There you go. And not simple. Pulse, where can they find you? You can find me here at, at com. And GP, where the hell can people find you now? Well, I'm coming back from a bit of a hiatus uh, to Twitch. So you can find me on Twitch as The Therapy Couch, or you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram as the retro therapy, but yeah, that's that's. Or I have, of course, here at pressbeatcancel.com. Throw that one back in there. Which one? We're important. <laughs> the podcast. Come on, you can't you can't not promote the podcast. Come on. Yeah, you got to promote the podcast on the podcast. That's exactly. Otherwise, how are they going to listen? Right. I don't know. When whenever I'm at like Target and they're about to close down, they say thank you for shopping at Target. So thank you for listening to Press B to Cancel. 
That's that's for all people <laughs> with dementia. And I, I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. And specifically, you can find me on occasional Saturdays on twitch.tv slash Zelda done whenever, where a few friends of mine are trying to raise some money for COVID relief, playing Zelda games. I don't know, whenever. <laughs> Thanks very much, people. I like how, I like how uh, literal that name is. It's great. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient found on SoundCloud or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel. Thank you.